I've been single, give or take, for like seven years now, and Valentine's Day still keeps coming around every year. Weird, right? But despite being single, it's actually one of my favorite holidays. I decided one year that I was not going to let my participation in this holiday be dependent on whether or not I was in a relationship. And I found a lot of joy and happiness celebrating this with my kids. But when you've had a bad relationship, this holiday can bring a weird mixed bag of emotions, even if you never cared about the holiday to begin with. Maybe you had this idea of what this holiday should look like, but it brought nothing but pain or drama or broken promises. Some of us may even feel a profound sense of relief because we don't have to deal with that crap this year. Some of us grit our teeth to get through it, or we watch the calendar approach with just one more reminder of how very single we still are. Discounted chocolates the week after is nice, but it doesn't really make up for not having a supportive partner in our life. There's nothing wrong with feeling however you want to feel about this holiday, especially if it may be triggering. That's normal after experiencing relational trauma. When something happened to you around a certain date, it's normal for your body to have a response around that calendar date for years after. Even when you're far removed from that person or scenario, If you find that this week or day is heavy for you or like you slip downhill in your recovery journey, know that it's normal. Finding new happy traditions might help repattern that. But you get to decide if that's the right thing to do for you. It might be a good time to check in with your mental health care provider too and just have a like a tune-up. if this week is hard for you, but know that you might not have words for it or even memories of it. You just see symptoms. If you find yourself having heavier moments this week, let yourself feel it without judgment. Love yourself through the hard anyways. That's literally the best Valentine's Day gift you can give yourself. Humans crave connection. And I think that's why holidays can be so difficult after a crap relationship. Valentine's Day is no different. It's a holiday that centers around people seeing you, celebrating you, and spending time with you. But if you've never experienced that, it can instead be something you dread or you just numb it so you don't have to feel anything at all. Hey, I'm Anna Beth. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach and host of the Safe Haven Parenting Podcast. I help single parents who have experienced relational trauma find healing and learn to break the trauma cycle for their own children. Today's episode, we're talking about being your own Valentine. We'll cover self-love and self-care and how to create a great Valentine's Day you can look forward to every year, regardless of your relationship status. During one of my harder seasons of life, I was chatting with someone about the challenges of working from home, homeschooling, and being a single parent. 
Um, this was pre-pandemic. I've always done this. I know I'm crazy. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I was sharing like how stretched thin I felt all the time. And I just was feeling overwhelmed and in need of acknowledgement and support. But the response I got was incredulity that I felt that this was hard. They went on to tell me that they would be thrilled with consistent kid-free time and would use it to meal plan the heck out of it, batch work house upkeep and work responsibilities, and plan their homeschooling activities, and then they would get to bed by 10 every evening and feel more rested than they were now with a housekeeper and a supportive spouse who was cooking all the meals, bringing home all the bacon, and managing much of the yard work. They didn't understand why I wasn't doing those things on the four days a month I had kid-free. If I just prioritized self-care those days, I would have a way easier life than my married counterparts with no kid-free time. Say lovey. <laughs> when self-care started trending, I don't know how many years ago, it was like this great solution to this cultural problem of not knowing how to stop and listen to your own body's needs and take them seriously. Like most things, it quickly became capitalized on. <laughs> the feel-good way to say goodbye to your paycheck sold to you on bright-looking social media feeds, curated to leave you feeling like you're important and can buy this feel-good product or service and have it change your life. It became the key to every problem. Burnt out? Time for self-care. Tired? Time for self-care. Alone on Valentine's Day? Here, have this anti-bad mood face cream. It's self-care. Treat yourself. And you can add yoga routines and meditation apps and gym memberships and curated journals and affirmation stickers and enlightened lingo like consciousness and energy work. And all of a sudden, our self-care is now some pseudo-classism that's a privilege for those with the time, money, and energy to spare. And anyone not meeting those self-care standards gets looked down on and told that they clearly just don't get it and just need to take their negative energy elsewhere. And now we need self-care to survive our self-care. Then the conversation shifted to add that self-care is not just for pampering, but actually it's for adulting. Like making sure you're going to your yearly checkups, budgeting, drinking your water, and not overscheduling yourself. Making sure you're creating a life that you don't feel the need to escape from. And to be clear, these are all okay. I take baths after the kids are asleep because it's an easy unwind. I love lighting my candles. I find that they're peaceful and they help me feel calm. I take my mental health days. It's why this podcast and my social media feeds are fairly inconsistent. <laughs> um, I've benefited from forming my own self-care rituals, even when they never seem like they're enough to actually fix why I need it in the first place. Self-care, broken down, is really about allowing yourself to rest, not needing to justify yourself, and rediscovering who you are. 
which is a must for those of us who have lost ourselves to difficulty or through parenting. That's balanced with practical responsibilities to lessen your stress load. It's about listening to your body's needs and wants. These are all good and they can't be copied and pasted for someone else. What may work for one person might not be right for someone else. There are no truths universally acknowledged in self-care. No matter how many people try and sell you on yoga and meditation or meal planning and budgeting. Self-care is unique to you and only you can know what feels good to you. There's no secret to unlocking it other than just learning how to listen to yourself. But (laughs) when you're healing from trauma or parenting kids who are, self-care is rarely enough to help you feel sane when your parenting journey feels like you just want to crawl out of your skin. There's almost a desperate pursuit to ease this burden, and self-care might help in some ways, but it's just not going to fix the lack of access we have to a supportive community, mental health services, affordable housing or living wages, or health insurance, even trauma-safe parenting support. We're trying to use self-care to fix a broken system. And I wish a $22 face cream to add to your nightly routine would fix that, but it's just not. Um, adding a holiday into this mix is just like the fake cherry on top none of us need. I would love for this to be a simple, like, here are some self-care tips to enjoy your Valentine's Day with. But my guess is like, most of us, you're living and breathing a barrage of how to do self-care messages. And while I'm going to share some things I do to celebrate this holiday with my kids in a minute, I want to be clear that I'm not advocating that you turn this holiday into another set of expectations to spoil yourself or spoil your family that may not be realistic for you or even actually fill your depleted parenting bucket. I'm also not going to tell you that you need childcare and a million dollars to make this holiday special. Sure, if you can swing it, book that spa trip, but maybe self-care is really more about self-love. Not chasing a high, but maintaining that even in our worst moments, We still belong here. We are still worthy of taking up space and using our voice. Rest in knowing that you don't even have to do your best to be good enough. You are good enough, regardless of what energy you have to put effort into this. And that is self-love. That's what I hope you like walk away with, walk away from this episode with, Just that self-love, just acknowledging that you're enough, even if you don't get out of bed that day, even if all you can manage is PB&J for dinner, even if you're so drained, you hand your kids their tablets and let them have at it. You are worthy of love at your lowest level of energy, just as much as you are when you are at some best version of you achieved through some mix of adulting and pampering. 
The best version of you is not always a realistic version. It's just another internal highlight reel we're trying to live up to. The best version of you is one that accepts themselves no matter where they find themselves throughout the day. That's radical self-love. And it's also the key to having relationship standards where you expect that from someone every day of the year, not just on Valentine's Day. You deserve love and safety, even in your lows. It's easy to love people at their best, but lows are a normal part of being human. That's my first tip for reclaiming Valentine's Day. Make it about loving who you are, not about someone else loving you. Even if it takes you years to get to that point, just keep trying. Self-love and with it self-compassion give you power to celebrate you on your terms. Because you're worth celebrating. The second tip I have is to create a holiday that you love with your kids. This does two things. It removes the romantic component from this holiday and teaches your kids that happiness does not rely on their relationship status. It also teaches them how to love others well on this day, even if they choose, or not even, if they choose to celebrate this someday with their partner or their family, it'll teach them how to do it well. My mom did this for me and my two siblings. She would give us the day off of school and would take us to Dairy Queen for burgers and blizzards. I always got the chocolate chunk cherry blizzard and it just was my favorite. It's We would get like this card and our favorite candy bar. Just something small to say, I see you and I'm so glad you're mine. And all the years since... I never really cared about my single status on Valentine's Day because for me, the holiday was always about celebrating it with people I love, romantic or otherwise. And that's not to say I haven't had bad experiences on this holiday because I definitely have. It's just to say that you aren't excluded from finding joy on Valentine's Day because it's been painful in the past or because you're single now. You might not have the ability to take the kids out of school, but it's okay to shift this holiday from fairy tales to family. My favorite tradition on Valentine's is a tea with my kids. I love tea. I've always loved tea. It was actually my first job. I worked at a tea house. There's just, to me, always something magical about teeny tiny little sandwiches and warm beverages. So if I have the energy, and I don't always, I, I don't manage this every year, um, I will make tuna salad and put it on bread, an egg salad and put it on bread, and I'll serve it with a favorite caffeine-free tea. And I keep it really simple and really little, and um, if, if I have the energy, that's what I put out. Sometimes I've done it with friends and family, Obviously, this year's a little complicated with that, so it's just going to be me and my kids this year. But a low-energy alternative is hot cocoa and a movie. Like hot chocolate, a little marshmallow, favorite movie, something cozy, something happy. Uh, this year, we're doing a new board game. Some years, I don't do anything. 
you know, we'll go for a walk maybe. Um, maybe I'll like cut a heart out of paper and write, I love you on it. But there's just little things that you can do to just say like, I see you, I love you, and I'm so glad you're mine. How do you tell your kids that you love them? How do you show them? It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It can be as simple as you want it to be. Just make the day about each other. Make it meaningful for you and your kiddos. Art, nature, a movie, what says fun to you that's also realistic? Or what would you want a partner to do for you? Dinner, flowers, candles? You can do all those with kids too. Even if all it is is a $5 bouquet of carnations from the grocery store in your favorite color. There's no magic fix to this holiday feeling hard for some people. Sometimes it just is. Don't be afraid to skip it if it's just too hard to get into. And if you try something and you don't like it, there's no pressure for perfection of or an expectation of extravagance. Just know you have permission to take back Valentine's Day and make it yours if you want to. And just like a quick side note here, don't be afraid to set boundaries with friends. You do not have to be the childcare go-to for your coupled friends just because you're single. You have a right to celebrate this how you want to, and you can set a boundary to protect that. So just a quick recap, you can be your own Valentine Day, Valentine, by practicing self-love, and finding traditions for you and your kids that build connection, bring laughter and joy to the day. If you want some fun ideas to do with your kids, you can follow me on Pinterest at Annabeth Harmon. I have a board for Valentine's Day that has some fun ideas. You can find that by clicking the link in my bio. It'll take you to like a link tree with a little Pinterest button at the top. Wishing you light and love this weekend. All the best.